This is a previously recorded episode. Tell me you love me. I need a good laugh. I'm holy water. You need a good bath. Whiskey and perfume. You had a nightcap. Now how about that? I've got a new friend. A perfect stranger. He's got a bullet with your name in the chamber. I'm body organ. Rearranger. You feel my day. Nooner time. Welcome to the Nooner Show with Jay Dubs and Denise Brennan Nelson. We are broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios high above Activate Gaming in Ferndale, Michigan. You can find us at DetroitPodcast.com. What time is it? It's Nooner time. Somebody bring me a mirror. Wow. We're in the new studio. <laughs> Happy hump day. <laughs> I know. Happy hump day in the new studio. I know. I love it. And you know, when the song said, somebody bring me a mirror, right? I got lost because it was like, where is our mirror? Everything's I know. moved around. And it is. It, I love it. I do too. It was um, a little different. I kept, you know, thinking on the way here, take the right exit, take the right exit. Well, it's the same exit for me. <laughs> oh, it is? Yeah. I just had to go left instead of right. It was great. Oh, it actually and you still me, got lost. No, it actually took me less time to get here than it did to the other studio. Yeah, same here. I figured it would be better for everybody like oh, that because yeah. you just get off of 696 and it's, you know. It's awesome. Right and the, the parking oh. and the brick, you know, yes. the red brick, it just, I don't know, felt oh. cozy and all that good it's stuff. It's beautiful. So. And just so you know, Jessica, maybe you can tell the head honchos we have a lot of plans, Denise. And yes, I we're we walking do. around today. <laughs> yeah. A lot we're of going plans. to Pier One. Hobby I- Lobby. Ikea. We're going to decorate. They could, they could use a, a, a touch of, you know. A woman's female. touch, yeah, yeah, female in here. All men yeah. could, but but it's it's beautiful. <laughs> and you know how exciting for these guys. I mean, to tap it off, there was an awesome article um, in Daily Detroit. Great, about Dave great and article. Bob. Long article. Long article, I know. Told their whole... Well, and you know what? They deserve it. They've, yeah, they do. It's pretty amazing what they've done in a, in a relatively short amount of time. Yep. And, mm-hmm. you know, I loved what Dave said at the end um, of the article. To me, and this is a quote from him, quote, to me, the challenge is trying to stay ahead of where we need to be without going too far. Wow. And he was... You know, they were talking about the fact that he has a family, he has a day job, yeah. and he has this, they called it project. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I think that's a, a good way of looking at it. You know, doing everything you need to do, but not going too far. Right. You know? Keeping right. things in perspective. And, yep. you know, when we get to the end mm-hmm. of our lives, what are we going to wish we had spent the most time doing? And I think they love helping people, like they yeah, said. Yeah, they do. Achieve mm-hmm. their dreams and their right. passions, and some people just want to do this as a hobby, and some people really want to turn it into something and right. everything in between. So, yeah. well, and they're up to what fifty shows now? I know, is it fifty? Yeah, it's going really quick. There's people waiting on standby until wow. the rest of the studios are built out because right now, you know, we just have the one. Yeah, um, but the soundproofing, everything will be done by the end of next week. So. 
new equipment will be here for the other studios, et cetera, et cetera. So it should it should look pretty impressive, you know, the week after next. So how exciting! And yeah. they've well, they've done a them. lot for in yeah. less than a year. Yes, they like, have. Fifty. They've happy. done a lot in less than what is it? Three years? Yeah, we've been yeah. doing this for almost a year. Oh, I know. Does that surprise you? Yeah, I think in it a does. way. I mean, yeah. It, remember it, how how nervous we were in the very oh. first one? We kept trying to get them to let us wait two months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not ready. We're not ready. Yeah, we're Kira, not ready. Kira's we're like, not ready. You're going to lose your spot. Right. Okay. And we did it. We'll take it. We sucked it up. We um, did it. Here we are. Well, speaking of Dave and Bob, I started reading their blogs again after I read that article. I'm telling you, those blogs are so good. Last week, I read Silver Lining and It's a Small World. It, I'm telling you, if you didn't read those, you have to read them. Good, good blogs. And what I love about them is it's their lesson. It's their life lesson that they so openly share with everybody. And what's really interesting, I'm sorry to cut no, you off, but... No, no. Um, Silver Lining is going to tie into one of the songs that we're going to listen to. And I, I listened to the song, Thank You, by our guest today, the same day that I read that blog. And I couldn't believe the connection the connection with those two songs, or the song in the article. What I love about their, their blogs, and, and good bloggers, yes, I mean, there's a lot of people mm-hmm. that blog, but good bloggers are hard to come by, right. is that it's their voice. Right. It really... Um, when you read it, you feel like you're there with them. Right. You feel like you're, you know, you have a connection. Right. So, I, well, I'll be anxious to hear. I know I listened to the song Thank You. Yeah. So I do know. Go but, back and read Silver Lining. Okay. Yep. All so right. we'll talk about Silver that in a little bit. So last Every week. Every cloud. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, forward to it. So last week we had uh, the founder, one of the founders of Gentleman's Box, yeah. Chris George. That was a great show. That was a great um, show. And just to remind everybody that they have a special going on, I think it's June 1st through the 15th, right? It's Father's Day yes. special that it's a buy one, get one free box. And those boxes were beautiful. That's a great deal. That's a great deal because I I gave John Paul the box. Yes. Um, but it was a Ray Charles. You know, he was the... I know, um, you jumped on that one. Yeah, I did. I remember. I did. And <laughs> so wait, listen, so I gave it to him, I showed it to him, but... I still have it. It's like I just can't part with it. But I did show it to him. I said, this is for you. (laughs) Oh, uh, I showed a lot of people. But you know what I I did? I gave the socks to AJ. Oh. Bob kept the tie. Uh Uh-huh. Remember the little tie clip? Yes. The eyeglasses? Yes. I wore it. I thought that was perfect for you. I put it on Mm -hmm. um, my collar. Okay. It was so cute. Yeah. People were like, oh, that, you know. Yeah. And And for $25... You get for the month, yeah, for the month. I know. Well, and it's One a great box. Father's Day, yeah, because it is the gift that keeps on giving. Right. I mean, you don't just get it once; you get it exactly however long you sign up for the yeah the subscription. So, so um, and GQ, GQ comes oh, yeah, with it. Yeah, that's right. So, um, but you were gone all week last week, and I know I you were really busy. You were actually working, not playing <laughs> in the sand. What were I know you, you doing? think I don't have a real job, but I. I I do. Not, I know you have a real job. I know. I just but don't you think like you to work. T- no. <laughs> well, if you would have been with me last week, you yeah. would have thought, "Wow, wow, do wow. you go? <laughs> you go, girl." Okay, so what'd you so do? So I went to Toledo. Mm-hmm. I was in Toledo area, okay. uh, mommy Perrysburg, um, and it was in conjunction with Claire's Day. Oh, which you remember, we had Julie right. Rabini on our show. I think it was episode two. Okay. Yeah, she so was the founder of uh, She's the founder Claire's of Claire's Day. Day. Um, what happened was in 2000, mm-hmm. they, her and her husband, Brad, lost one of their children right. um, very suddenly to a heart defect. 
Um, and her they daughter, wa- w- she was like 10. She right? was 10 years old. Yeah. Um, her name was Claire. Yeah. And they wanted to do something to mm-hmm. remember her and celebrate all the things that she loved. And she loved art and she loved crafts and she especially loved reading. And so they started in 2002, they started the very first Claire's Day. And it's this reading festival. And it has just grown leaps and bounds. And um, they celebrated their 15th anniversary for the event. Okay. And they have joined um, uh, forces with Read for Literacy. Okay. So it's just become this huge festival. And there's like 20,000 children throughout the week that are, you know, yeah, that that are brought in with this and are given books and they have awards. And and what they do is they bring in um, between 15 and 20 authors and illustrators. Okay. And we visit schools all week. Oh, okay. So all week long, I was going to different schools. Okay. And then um, Friday night, there's a kind of a cocktail party. and It was really fun. And then Saturday, it's an all-day festival. Wow. And all the authors and illustrators are there, and we're signing books and How doing a fun. talk. And yeah, So, so I met where some was great the festival people. on Saturday? It's at a branch of the Mommy um, Library. Oh, okay. It's on the grounds, and they have tents, and they have oh, okay. crafts. And, so yeah. it's outside? And... It's outside. But oh, they have, you know, the library is where yeah. all the books are, mm-hmm. and... Some gr- I met some great people. Now, did you see Julie? Oh, yeah. Oh, you did? Oh, absolutely. Oh, good. Julie and her husband, actually, it was their 28th wedding anniversary. So wow. she was joking that we put on a great party for her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, they're such great people. Yeah. And you can just see. Yeah. I mean, they've kind of stepped back now, so they're not as involved. But right. it's a... It's a it's a, just a great cause. And, sure. Um, you know, I get to do what, what I love. And, and What a legacy, help, too, you yeah, know? No. You know, right. Mm-hmm. To be able to... to just the fact that it's Claire's Day and yeah. always have that and right, yeah. So, yeah. so that was my week. So I was oh, working. Just well, so that's you know, good. Yeah, yeah, good. Okay. So um, I have to ask you one thing before we go into our great interview today. All right. Uh, okay. Because I heard this on the news and I thought about you. <laughs> so the Detroit Lions. I mean, you're a big sports person. The Detroit Lions are thinking about cheerleaders. Give me a C. Yeah. C. <laughs> what do you, What do you think? Because I got really excited. Because you I, did, yeah. Because I thought, did you get out your pom poms? Well, no. Listen, I thought we should go audition. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> we'll be rich and famous if oh, we do that. It'll yeah. go viral. Oh yeah, I'm sure it'd go viral, but not for the reasons we'd want it to. Who cares? <laughs> Two old ladies sign up for cheerleading. <laughs> I thought we could dress the same and then just have like a, our side ponytails that we used to wear in the '80s. We could wear Nooner Show T-shirts yeah, exactly. and uh, promote oh, the show. Oh, that's a really bad we, idea, Jake. No, it's not. We said it's going to be the year of yes. Well, well, okay. I think we should just do it. Okay, you go right ahead. No, you have to do it with me. Well. Are you do what? No, seriously, though, yeah. do you think that they that the Detroit Lions should have cheerleaders? Yes, you do. Absolutely. Why? They they lose every. I mean, what do you <laughs> what do you watch? You why not? You think cheerleaders are going to change that? No, but I think it's part of the experience and the entertainment and everything else. I just think it adds. They have a dance team. Oh, they do. They do. Oh, I think so it's called automation. No, that's the Pistons. Oh, okay. I even know that. <laughs> <laughs> the Lions. Okay, I oh didn't my. read that text that my CEO sent me, giving me the, my research info. Um, no, I actually reached out to AJ and asked him what he thought. Mm-hmm. And he made some great points. He what said, well, because my question was, why not? Okay, are they going to be male and female cheerleaders? But his point was that they're trying to draw attention. I mean, they're, it's the males they're trying to do it for. It's not females. Well, I don't know about that because look at the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Um, they have a reality show now, and I think a lot of fem- – I don't see guys watching that. I think it's 
women that watch that show. So Yeah, but as a cheerleader on the field, I mean, I'm not saying that women don't watch them and don't mm-hmm. enjoy the art of cheerleading and dance and all of that, mm-hmm. but it's I don't think they're trying to get more and maybe they are. I just don't think they're trying to get more women to watch football. If they were, it wouldn't be cheerleaders they would bring on. They would do other things for women, for the demographics of women. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you don't, you're not in agreement? You don't want to audition? Well, there's six teams that, out of 32 that don't have cheerleaders. Right. I think the fact that they're one that they're, they're a team that doesn't have cheerleaders is, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. Even though they lose every game? But that has nothing to do with the cheerleaders. But I'm just saying. Now, so, AJ pointed out that it could possibly help the franchise. I Yeah, I, th- I think it would. I do. I think it would help. You think more people would show up at the games and things like that? I think there would be more attention, more excitement. Um, yeah. and, and again, I, I go back to the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. I mean, they... Yeah, but they've been around forever. Yeah, well, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. How's mm-hmm. Dallas doing? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they're doing, but... But yeah, I bet our guest has a thought or two well, on I this subject. Should, I think we should go ahead and get to our guest. And I think we should, too, on that. But and just so you if know. If you have any thoughts, listeners, I, I'm going Facebook to, us. Do you yeah. think that Detroit, the Detroit Lions should have cheerleaders? And if so, um, you know, what are you picturing? Or do you think that Jackie and Denise should audition? <laughs> yeah. And if so, that's no, don't tell us what, what you're, you're picturing. That's probably not what you're picturing. <laughs> but I, I'm a good cheer, cheer, yeah, cheerleader. Yeah. All right, well, okay. go ahead. All right. Oh. Oh, it's, you know what? Ring yeah, our bell, baby. Look, at we're, we're a little out of sorts. Don't I you know, think in this we're new in room? New place and, and, I think it's funny, though, that hmm. we came in this room yeah. and without any conversation, we went ex- to the exact same chairs yeah. we always had at the other station. Well, that's that why I got, I got nervous <laughs> when Jess sat so close I to know. me. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? You're supposed to I don't have cooties. Don't worry. No, you no, won't no. get sick. It's I swear. not that. No, I know. You're like, everything's weird now. I was like, I know. Okay, so right. anyway, let's go. Did you ring the bell? Yeah, I did ring the right. bell. Right, okay, go. so go it's time for our favorite segment. What's the wish, what's the way, and what's in the way? That's still the same here at this location, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, this segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented and gutsy individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. She's been called a firebrand and a hell-spitting minx with enough earthy sex appeal to move tectonic plates. (laughs) Wow. Her performances have been called exhilarating and primal. Rio is the front woman for the award-winning band Rio and the Rockabilly Revival. She was influenced by her famous uncle, early rock music pioneer Jack Scott. She carries on the family tradition of serving up Spitfire Roots rock and soul music. With three well-received albums to their credit, Rio and the Rockabilly Revival resonates with fans from all walks of life and has been dubbed, quote, the church of rock and roll, unquote, by critics and fans alike. Brett Colwood of the Metro Times said, it's at once nostalgic performance art, killer show band, and a rock and roll wonder. Wow. Welcome to the Nooner Show. Yeah. I want somebody to say that about me. No kidding. (laughs) Well, I had to cut this short. There were so many awesome things that have been said about you. I know. But you know what? Before we get to the interview, I do have to just do a quick shout out because one of your biggest fans has been blowing up our page, um, Sean Adam Williams, (laughs) who wrote to us and said, the RRR Crusade 16 still going strong. So, Sean, thank you uh, for listening. And, um, 
boy. <laughs> Being a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Huge fan. You well, know where the word fan comes from, right? Fanatic. Yeah. <laughs> That that sounds just right. Actually, yes. We love our super fans. We've got great fans and we've got super fans like Sean Adam Williams. And and we are very, very lucky and grateful for for that energy. But first of all, I just want to say thank you for the great welcome. Oh, you're welcome. And welcome to your new digs here. Yeah, thank you. This is great. You're our first guest I feel so honored. We were going around trying to remodel. Denise was like, we need bright pillows. We need this. I said, we have a guest coming in and 15 minutes. Get back I said, here. I wish I had my mop. I'd wash the floor. I, oh, well, this feels great. Oh, just congratulations. You. It's going to be great. Thank you. Good, good, good. Well, I, I, I'd like to start because there are so many interesting things that you have been quoted as saying. Mm-hmm. But I would love for you to give our listeners a little bit of um, – tell them about when you were young and you sang out your window. Oh, Do you mind yeah, telling that no, again? Okay. No, not okay. at all. It's It's – such a part of of where I came from. You know, I I grew up in a musical family. As you mentioned, um, my uncle is Jack Scott, who was one of the first pioneers of rock and roll and uh, rockabilly. And so when I was young, music was just all around me all the time. And without fail, at the age of around five, it started. Um, I would go to bed, but then I would wake up right around midnight every single night. And I would have this overwhelming uh, urge to go to my window. I would I would get out of bed in my little nightgown and I would drag this old tiny rocking chair that I had over to my window. And we didn't have air conditioning in the house. It was sweltering. This is an upper floor, you know, second story bedroom. So you know how that goes in those, you know, older houses. So it was sweltering and my window would be open and I would sing and sing and sing and sing and it just to this day I still feel it the same energy that I felt it was like something just came over me and I would sing into the night and um, every night I had an audience and that one single audience member that I knew of at that time was my neighbor's German shepherd (laughs) his name was rebel And he would lay down in the neighbor's driveway and look up at me, and I would sing for hours, Johnny Cash, Jack Scott songs, and I remember just the sensation of goosebumps coming over me, and sometimes I would get choked up, and I'm five, wow. and I, I just just loved that feeling. Of course, I didn't know anything outside was. of that, yeah. right? but I just felt like that's what I was supposed to do, and it would just literally bubble out of me. And uh, years later, uh, my parents would tell me that neighbors would tell them, well, she was singing again last night. My parents just tuned it out by that point because it was constant. (laughs) But my voice would echo up and down the the streets in the middle of the night. And um, yeah, so I would do that. And I did that for for years. Wow. Years. Yeah. That's amazing. So you knew at a very, very young age that music, music was in you. Yeah, music claimed me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, my mom told me a story of when I was about four and she would come in and she found me laying on the floor, my ear pressed up against these big old speakers that we had. And I was listening to music and I had tears running down. My, mo- my mom was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Nothing. I feel so happy. Wow. And I would have goosebumps all over me and the music and I would listen to not just the music, but she said that I told her I could hear. I like the sound of the fingers on guitars. And I would listen for the breath 
of the vocalist between the notes. And it just pulled me in. And it's like that to this day. I laugh because, you know, photographers will come to our show and they'll take pictures, you know, and I'll see them. And you can see in certain pictures goosebumps all over my body, and it's still that same way today. Wow. wow. Yeah. Uh, is Did your uncle feel that same way? You know, I don't know. Um, I never asked him that. That's a good question. I, I will ask him that. Or anybody else in your you family? Know, well, you know, everybody, My some of my earliest memories were being down in my grandma's basement in Hazel Park, where my, my uncle and, you know, we have a big Italian family, and they would all be down in the basement singing. The amps would be fired up, the microphones, and, and I would spend hours down there with my family and and even by myself and it was just such a, a feeling of i don't know of of just joy right of of belonging it's like that's what we were supposed you're, to do you're safe it yeah. sounds like that was your it was safe. just like home it was like yeah. so natural and just being home and it's it's still like that for me today all these years later wow. do you sing around the house Sometimes I do. Yeah, I do. You know, I we're in rehearsal so much and, right. and stuff. But yeah, I will. As a matter of fact, I actually wake up in my sleep. I read that. Singing. Now, with yeah. a lyric in your uh-huh. head. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And that's I write a lot of my own music and a lot of it seems to start in sleep. Wow. So it, did your uncle ever go see you? Perform? Yes, yes. I, I, one time that really comes to mind was uh, the Dream Cruise, the Woodward Dream Cruise. Okay. And um, we had made a bare bones hamster on a wheel, no money, little video of a song that I wrote called um, Rumble and Roar. And it was a love love song, little love note to uh, the retro era in Detroit. And WXYZ picked it up and they invited us to be their first live on-air band ever. Oh, wow. And so we were there. And now you have to understand, my uncle is not comfortable with large crowds. So, you know, he, he's a great performer, but he's it's just not his gig. He doesn't feel comfortable in large crowds. So imagine my surprise and, you know, the, the, the happiness that came over me. I look out in the crowd and I just happen to spot him and he's incognito and he's wearing his hat. And I just <gasps> and it was so great and it meant so much to me that he came out to that that show and he had my, my dad was with him and my aunts and, and that really meant a lot but my my uncle is off touring and performing all the time he just turned 80 right and so, he's still out there doing he's it he's still out touring and everything yeah, else huh? yeah how so, cool though for him right. to see you coming up yeah. um and and just what's happening with you and the band i mean yeah. the explosion you're being called the face of detroit Rockabilly now. I know, it's like, right? and, you, and the band has really only been together since 2011. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Um, You've blown up yeah, quickly. Well, you know what? It's um, a, a lot that goes into. We have, and and we're we're very cognizant of that. And I think that it's because the 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 history of you know I have an extensive background in music. This is not my first rodeo. You know, I mm-hmm. I've been singing different kind of music and performing, and have had record offer deal offers for decades but this music i think resonates with me so much because of my upbringing that i think it just i don't know there's an extra air of authenticity to it and i always believe that when you authentically have something to say or give there is authentically somebody out there that wants to hear it and i think they pick up on that right you know well let's talk about that because you Mm -hmm. started off doing pop 
Right? Yeah, yeah, and, many and, moons ago. Yeah, yeah and, and you did get a pretty big record deal, which most and, people would have jumped at and right. said, you want me to do pop, I'll do pop. Yeah. Instead, you didn't. And you I have did. a quote, right? I have a great quote. I, I, I know. Let me just pull this up because I love that you said this. Let mm-hmm. me just – you said – they wanted me to be a breathy sex kitten Barbie type, and I'm standing there in combat boots with my wild curly black hair and a voice that would blow out their studio monitors. But this is what I love. They didn't know quite what to do with me back mm-hmm. then, probably still don't. But you figured out what to do with you. Yeah. So I think we, I've, and what a lesson, right? And I was young. I was offered, that was my second record deal that I was offered. It was a major label. I was living in Los Angeles. And exactly that they they didn't know what to do with me because you know and that was my first real lesson in how the industry isn't really about often most times what the artist is about it's about their their machine and how they can right. plug you into it in, in the formula right so back then you know and i looked a lot like paula abdul at the time and they were seeing that and they were really they wanted me to to really just tone it down. And I remember the the producer telling me, listen, just take this deal. And in four or five years, you can then do what you want. And we want you to deliver the same lines, but we want it real breathy and airy. And they wanted me to wear these stiletto heels and all this. And here I am, you know, coming from this Italian family where we were taught, you know, you are who you are. You know, we didn't mm-hmm. think in terms like that. So I am. I was sitting there in my combat boots and <laughs> I'm looking and I'm thinking, this doesn't feel right in here. And I may not have had the words to put on it at right. the time. But in hindsight, I knew that it was it was abrasive to who I was because it wasn't me. It wasn't authentic. And I didn't know what to do with that because that wasn't me, you know. And so... I turned it down. Wow, good for I you. I turned it down, and a lot of people say, what? But, you know, to this day, I hold that as one of the key turning points in my young adulthood. You know, I was in my 20s at that time. And to turn down a deal from a major label right. at that time um, was a big deal. I don't regret it at all. Good for you. Because How- I can tell you, at the end of four years, they wanted to sign me to like a five-year deal with you know, when you do that, you have no idea if they're really going to record you or you're going to be just sitting there waiting for them right. to record you, right? right? Right. And I would never have been able to really move on and, and find my own voice and, and be myself. And so, you know, how can you put a price on that? You can't. Right. So was that the turning point? Was that what you got out of that decision? Um, as far as genres go? Well, yes. Or, is, is figuring out your voice and everything else. Did it sort of force you to... No, because, you know, I, I love music in general. And I am I'm the first one to tell you that I don't buy into, you know, a lot of artists will feel like they can only do one genre. Right. And if you don't stick to that your whole life, you are somehow not legit. Right. That is just the bu- biggest bunch of... Yes, I've ever heard to me. Right. Because just like, you know, would you wear the same jacket that you wore when you were right. in your early 20s? Would you wear, you know, it's, it's you change and you evolve. Right. And as an artist, I think you need to give yourself permission to do so. I think there's a lot of power in that. So I kept, you know, I would sing pop. I came up through professional theater as well, musical theater. I'm an actor, a professional actor of TV and film. So it was always... I was always kind of like a chameleon in that way. And it's done nothing but serve me. Yeah. 
It served you well. It has. And so, again, when you follow your authentic self, it leads you down paths where I think you find you find success. You find the lessons that you need to learn. So um, but leading up to today, you know, one day I turned to, to my husband and I said, you know, I've been doing acting, you know, because it's hard to do both. It's hard to do acting and music at the same time. There's a lot of restraints on your time, especially I was doing movies and it was a lot of time. And I missed my music. I missed that. It's a different animal. It serves a different part of me. And I said, I think it's time to get back. I need my music back and I want to do rockabilly. He didn't even know what rockabilly was. His (laughs) eyes looked like big question marks, you know. And um, long story short, we booked our first gig before we even had the band. Right, I read wow. that. You know, that's. Yeah. I'm glad that he didn't know what rockabilly, <laughs> because I'm like, rockabilly? He's what? a jazz guy. The heck you is know? rockabilly? Right. So tell our yeah. listeners, what is rockabilly? He's a jazz guy. Well, you know, rockabilly, and here I am, I, I'm going to go against the grain again, but um, to me, um, rockabilly, rock and roll, it's all the same thing. It, people get caught up on the term rockabilly. However, rockabilly, what sets it apart from just your regular rock and roll, um, is where it came from. Um, way back in the day, in the early 50s, there were different genres that came together in a new way to form a new sound, and they called it rockabilly. And what set it apart was a little, that southern aspect to it, that southern twang, uh, country, uh, southern uh, jump blues were in it, gospel. Um, all of those big heavy hitter genres of the time that were very segregated into themselves, and they all kind of came together, and then they added that rolling, rocking and rolling drum beat that came together. So they called it rockabilly, but not much later, they just started calling it rock and roll. Right. So I think it's, it's a little bit of a... I don't know. It's a catchphrase. It's a buzzword. A lot of people have the connotation of hillbilly music, and it was certainly part of the beginning mm-hmm. um, form of it. But okay. it's evolved just like anything else. Because I, it seems like when people talk about rock and roll today, there it really is rockabilly, the true meaning of rock and roll. But the problem is, I think today, so many people associate rock and roll with like a very heavy, like they don't talk about the roll part of it, where I think rockabilly, it was the the blending of the rock and the roll. You are are right on. You're right on the money, actually. And and what it is and what we do and what kind of sets us apart from even other rockabilly bands, because, you know, just like with any genre, there's just a beautiful bouquet and garden of different artists and different takes on it. My personal take on it um really kind of veers off from the the what's known as rockabilly in a lot of circles in other words i set out to draw upon the very first founding genres that went in to make rockabilly not just the southern not just the twang aspect which is what you hear a lot of in rockabilly today but i decided to to really go and research and pull out the gospel aspects, the gospel tones, the early R&B tones. And there are certain sensibilities and certain ways of playing that music. And so we really take the time to research and go back and bring those forms to life and also then give it our own voice because it is 2016. We're, you know, it's not the 1950s. And I think it's important, just like those artists did back then, to evolve. They were fearless. They started this new sound. They didn't stop and think, 
are people going to like right. it? Am, am I am in I, this right. category? Am I in this right. category? And trust me, I have had backlash from some of the more traditional rockabilly um, artists and stations out there. They uh, just like the, they just don't know what to make of it. But over the years, um, it's really evolved, and we've actually been really welcomed, and we just kind of stood our ground. And it's a, I, I feel like it was standing a ground for, again, back to the word authenticity and what's, what's real for you. You know, yeah, I, I think it's wonderful. What now, now the revival? Yeah. Talk about so you've got the rockabilly revival, revival, right? Which, and you know, it's, a lot of people misunderstand that it's not a revival in terms of we're here to revive rockabilly. Nothing of the right. sort. What we're we're um, bringing, uh, evoking the uh, the old revival tents. And that's what our show is like. It's like those old sweaty Southern revival tents where the spirit just kind of gathers everybody up. And I'm telling you, it happens at our shows. Look, at, I'm getting the goosebumps. I am too. I, I want to oh. talk about that because um, I looked up the word revival. Yeah. And it, one of the definitions is it's an extraordinary movement. Yes. And so when I was reading some of the reviews on your shows, I, I, it, they were astonishing. I, I just want to, I wrote some of them down. I, of course, I didn't write all of them because it could have gone on and on and on. But this is what some of the experts um, from magazines and in, in, uh, different places mm-hmm. uh, that saw you live, Eric from Music Connection, he said they are about giving today today's rock and roll a swift kick in the ass. <laughs> um, Vera from Here Magazine said, I was convinced I was witnessing a legend being born. And... Um, Tom from Metro Vibe, I thought, sort of summed it all up the best. He said, it's called real ability, fool. <laughs> and basically what they're all saying is the same thing, is that when you get out on stage, something happens. And, right. and you take it over, and it's almost like there's this um, – you, you, you you take control of your audience where you're you're telling them you guys are going to visit hell and heaven tonight. It's going to happen. There's a yeah. contradiction there. It's yeah. um it's amazing now when I watch some of your um the YouTube videos and stuff like that. Would you say that being an actress has given you sort of an advantage of um Performing. being able to perform on stage and draw people in the way you do and get those emotions out of people? Yes and no. Um, certainly, certainly, my experience on stage and, and camera filters into it absolutely. But by the same token, I was this way when I was a kid, mm. and I was doing shows in the basement and shows for the neighborhood. And it was again, um, it's just this this uh, freedom. I just go out there, and I always say it's it comes through me it's it's not of me but it comes through me and people it resonates yeah and there is nothing i i will look out there and i will see people with tears in their eyes i will see them up dancing people who may have never danced i i and the the scope of the 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 demographic that comes to see us speaks for itself there are very young people all the way up to we've had people in their 80s out there dancing, could barely stand up. Again, that revival, I think it's tapping into something so primal and just so raw for people. It brings us together. And I think people miss it, and they don't even know that they're thirsty for it. Right. That's the only way I can explain it, because it's for me, too. It's not like I'm just up there giving. They give me. It's this give and take. 
And when it's on and it's there, there is now I get choked up just Wow. Talking it's about so it. powerful, it really is, and it's, it's th- so much more than the music. Well, you know, this isn't about the music, which is really interesting. It's the vehicle. It, everything I read, I mean, that you work um, audiences up into a frenzy, but then reading the things that you say about it being magical and mm-hmm. the connection, it, it, it. I, I mean, I want to come to a concert or yeah. to, mm-hmm. to a show yeah. because yeah, it sounds you. like you touch people like you say like the music is the vehicle yeah right let's um let's play one of the songs right now and then we're going to talk about songwriting okay and we want to talk about your band as well um so can we play thank you yeah Oh, 
thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so does the person wow. know that you thanked him? Uh, he has an idea. He does? <laughs> he has I an idea. I wonder if he bought the CD. He's not sure. That's a good song. Yeah. That's a great song. Yeah. Oh, my God. That song was written song. in two different parts. The first part was literally started, you know, listen, we've all been there. Yeah. Who mm-hmm. hasn't been doing the ugly cry on the bathroom floor at 3 a.m. after their heart's been broken? You know, and I, uh, you know, long story short, um, heart was broken and it was in those just those first few moments when you know I threw him out of my house um, which he was shocked that I did and uh, I started writing it I want to thank you for being the biggest mistake in my life because even though I was in the fetal position uh, doing the ugly cry I knew that this was going to be a big lesson I knew that that one day I would come out of it, but I had to vent what I was feeling at the moment and kind of like fake it till you make it and and address those feelings. The last verse uh, was just written a number of years ago because I hadn't recorded it. I wrote this way before we had this band, way before I even knew my husband. And and the final verse was, I'm better than ever before, and I thank you for the woman I am as I walk out that door. And and, and just just stepping into who you are, because now, looking back, it was I truly thank you because I wouldn't have the life that I have. Right. Um, I wouldn't be the person that I am. So, and, and that song is really developed. That was a very early recording uh, that that you have here. So we do that live and women, especially it seems to resonate with women. Yeah. They're up holding their hands yeah. and testifying. <laughs> yeah, naturally. <laughs> you know, and so yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely written from the heart and and um about that. I and just love we, it. We talk about that a lot. Even when you you know, you get fired from a job or right. you think this is the worst thing that's right. happening right. and then all of a sudden down the road, it's like, You're that's the best thing that ever you. happened to me. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, yeah. Thank you for so trying to be me. grateful yeah. and to be thankful. And at first, you know, you're hurt. So it was right. really sarcastic. But at the end, it was thank right. you because wow. that happened and I'm a better person. I'm a better woman than I would have been had it not happened. Yeah. You know, you don't strike me as somebody that um, would want to be compared to anybody. Um, you seem so strong in the mm. person that you are. But you have been compared to... A few people. Mm-hmm. Elvis Presley yeah. pops into my mind. Oh, which, yeah. When I read yeah. that, I was like, I was jealous. I'm like, I want to be compared to Elvis. <laughs> I love Elvis Presley. I see, yeah. I see. Hey, I'm honored. But I'm I, honored. I can see that, though, watching oh, the videos. Well, and even, know? like, yeah. Well, her voice. Well, like her that. voice and just how she moves. And I know. With this. But As, who do you like? Or, or is there somebody that you... Oh, my gosh. It's like, oh, my children. It's like, how do you pick? Oh, there are so many influences. A lot of people that, you know, that people don't even know that I've seen perform, like, in, in just places, you know, bars and, and venues. But um, certainly, I, I seem to be drawn to, especially if you're thinking of the 1950s and where all this began, I am much more drawn to like Little Richard, uh, Elvis, a young Elvis, so I consider that a real compliment, that energy, that that swagger, and that just that being comfortable in your own skin and not not tempering yourself down I really resonate with that far more and and I've run into a little bit of trouble um, as far as some straight um, rockabilly um, venues or uh, festivals go and it's because I'm really not like the typical female singer out there that is you know 
kind of more refined and, and pinup. The whole look and aesthetic was chosen specifically. I do wear the pinup and the very girly and feminine. Yeah. Walk out there all made up. However, the minute I open my mouth, as you've seen in the videos, yeah. it's just raw. It's right. raw. And I leave the stage dripping in sweat, right. makeup all over, blood coming from my knees, you know, because I in. And it's very powerful. Right. And it's it's kind of merging. It's done very purposefully, and it's the two sides. Right, mm-hmm. and and it's kind of a, a little th- shout out, throwback to those early days. The record label wanted me to be what was expected of of a woman at that time in the industry, and very very sexy, and that was her purpose. And I kind of like, nope, this you know I can be girly. But right. I'm really this too, yeah. right. and yeah. not being afraid or ashamed to go out there and do it and sing and not be pretty and not be perfect. That's it. I don't even know how to do that. How right. do you not temper down? I mean, you're you're so full of passion and energy, and I couldn't stop it if I wanted okay. to. Honestly, like you know, has anybody? Well, other than the record label. Oh yeah, it's it's met with. It's really interesting. Um, you know, people have such different reactions to it when they see if it's their first time seeing our show, they don't know what to make of it <laughs> because I come out one way and right. then they're getting something else and it really clashes in their head. It's like, wait a minute, the dichotomy just flips them out between the prim and the proper and this raw, real thing. Women, the eye, their eyes, they're just electrified. They're, it's like almost like. I'm giving them permission in a way right. to be right. that and to shed that. Right. And so women just go crazy. Um, men love it too, but for different reasons. Yeah. And some of them are a little, a little afraid. They'll tell me after, you know, are you, are you going to hurt me? <laughs> what do you mean? Maybe. No. See, that, that's oh. what I thought was great was that you, you do show that there are two sides and you can be both sides and yeah. the whole package is hot and sexy. Yeah. I just don't give a flying flip yeah. about, about, um, you know, approval, I guess, in that way. And can like, you imagine it? I life mean, is I've, too short. Well, as she gets older, don't you feel as you get older, like I'm less afraid of things. Oh, yeah. Can yeah. you imagine 20 yeah. years from now? You're going to really oh, be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's awesome that at the yeah. age that you are, you're already so in touch with right. all of that. And that right. you're not going to be anybody that you're not. Right. So no, I'm not about to start gonna, now. <laughs> well, and, and clearly it's working, though. I mean, yeah. and, and clearly, I mean, look at the following and, and the um, excitement in the awards, which, by the way, oh, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. We were there. Uh, you yeah, were. We were. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were I did there. run into you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Uh, but you you won two awards. Yeah. Gonna, it, but here's the here's Outstanding thing. Americana yeah, artist, artist group. and group, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. And us Outstanding Americana recording for the Testify. Right. But... You were you and your band were also uh, nominated for like five other awards yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I mean, when I was looking we're through so all honored. of them, I said, "Is there anything left? What else? Right. Can, what else can they nominate her for? Aww. The best hair, the best <laughs> lipstick? I don't know. I mean, that that was amazing. But let me ask you something because with the awards, mm-hmm. um, is there a difference between Americana and rockabilly? Or not really? It, it, they're lumped together. They I mean, are? really, Americana okay. really um, encapsulates a lot of genres, roots, and 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 I really tend to put us in Americana okay. or rock and roll, just 
as an umbrella. Yeah. yeah. Your um, was it your live performance though? You were nominated like across the board. It yeah, was all, of all genres. Yeah, yeah of all genres. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, we were very, very honored. There's so many talented artists. Well, in you've this won time. a lot of awards over the years. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. there one that was a surprise or that was really? Um, you know, probably the iconic um, magazine Music Connection for, oh, for one yeah. in Los Angeles because right. they've seen it all. And to be named as one of the top 100 is right. just, oh. I saw that. That's um, awesome. But, you know, honestly, right. one that meant the most, one of the most was our Detroit. <gasps> right. Best of. We won that. two years in a row. And the reason being, it's voted on by the general public. There's, you know, they can write in Santa Claus if they want to. Right. But to be so to to be given that distinction right twice it is just a very very humbling and, and feels really really nice. Oh, that's good. Let, Go ahead. Can we talk about um, songwriting? Yes. Yeah. And um, because how many band members? You have like seven, seven. band members, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's a pretty big group. Please. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. We want to hear all I about am, each one of them. It's like herding cats most of the time. Um, yes, yes. There's Her husband laughed. So, <laughs> well, and it, it, he and knows it's true. <laughs> you, you said you run, you run a tight ship. I do. Right. And I do. Um, you have so to. A, a lot of times, though, you know, tr- striving for perfection or running such a tight ship mm-hmm. sort of um, alienates musicians. Yeah. But you seem to have drawn some really good musicians because I was looking I at the credentials of mm-hmm. your band members and yeah. it's really impressive. It is. And here's here's the deal. I mean, whenever you're in a situation like this, when you're trying to do something out of the ordinary and our show has choreography, so I need seasoned dancers as well as backup singers. They have to have a lot of experience. So our show is not just we don't just go out there and wing it. We make it look like it's very very, you know, relaxed in a lot of times, but it's a show. So that being said, I need a certain level of musicianship and I need a and performance. And you're right. It can alienate and it weeds out mm-hmm. huh? those who are not just not a good fit. And I've been really lucky. I haven't, you know, bands can really have a revolving door. Oh, We've yeah. been really lucky, especially for such a demanding show. There's only been a few band member changes. And especially recently, I had to make some changes. And again, for the best, it's just another affirmation of following your gut and following your heart so yeah we've got some incredible players bobby black has come on board um as our guitarist he's the he's what the a reverend, talent right yes what what? You see, the reverend talent. reverend oh, bobby yes. black oh, yes. this man just just wait till you wow. see i mean he was nominated for a detroit music awards i mean he's been around forever and has played with with merle haggard and all these right. great musicians he's fantastic but Everyone serves uh, their own unique function, and they all bring their own vibe to it, uh, to the band. So, yeah, very lucky. And Junebug, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> he's here in the room videotaping. Uh, now, he was actually accepted um, to Berkeley School in Juilliard um, and, and then studied jazz at Wayne State, He's right? a jazz guy, yeah. And yeah he studied right here at Wayne State. Amazing. Very proud. Yep. Very proud Wayne State alumni. And uh, so, yeah. So, you know, our, our difference in experience really is powerful. It comes to, we can bring things together. He, he'll um, write out charts and arrangements and, and, and take what the ideas that I give and bring the musicians 
on, on board. So it's a real technical, creative collaboration, and it just works. So how does this, the songwriting process work with that many people? Like, um, is everybody involved in it, or no, how does that work? No, um, I, I write the majority of the, the songs, the okay. lyrics. Um, Sean Junebug um, has helped on a number of songs, but he usually um, will take my ideas and my lyrics and my melodies and write out the music, and, and you know, we'll work on that part together. But as far as the songwriting goes lyrically, um, I'm, I'm the songwriter. Okay. What's group. it like working with your with your husband? Oh, it's great. Really? It really is. It's really great. Thankfully, you know, because we're we're friends. We're we're best friends as well as husband and wife. Um but we are both very, very um how would you describe it? it very independent. We have our own styles and our own, you know, we're not really enmeshed. We have that space that allows that creativity. So, you know, there's a lot of give and take and a lot of, you know, sparring from time to time. But overall, in the end, there's nothing like sharing those moments on stage with with your best friend. And he's a musician. He's a performer. So he understands the demands right. of the lifestyle. So together, we're able to really pull this off and have our little one as well and really just make it work for our family. It doesn't work for everybody, but right, right. No, that's that's great. You balance each other out. It sounds yeah. Like. We really do. We really do. He is very much the practical one. <laughs> the the you know, and I'm just like this wild banshee half the time, and and so we temper each other and yeah. bring out. You're the, the Italian. That's all we have right. to say. Oh. <laughs> I'm Italian. So he's I can say Irish, that. so but he's oh, a very oh, low oh. key Irish boy. Junebug, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, I like the name. I know, I do too. Did you well, give him that? No, oh, okay. no. He was named that. Hard shelled. I'm picturing a Junebug. <laughs> well, let's listen to another song. And it's which one? Oh, oh, it's your song. Oh, good. I'm dying to talk about this one. On my knees. On my oh, knees. Yes. Yes. Well, we're going to talk about <laughs> the song. We're, we're, so look up the lyrics. On my knees. Yes.
That was on my knees in yeah, the chapel it, of it, love. Yes. Did you write <laughs> <Tungle>. <laughs> okay. Yes, I did. <laughs> okay, baby. We were, yeah, we were having some discussion on what the song was about. So <laughs> why don't you tell us? Jackie knows so much more about music. So, I mean, I love music and I sing all the time. They make fun of me. However, right. sometimes She's I'm afraid. really good. To- <laughs> yeah, really I mean, she is. She said that potential. with so much enthusiasm. No, I do not. She's joking. But good try. Uh-huh. But anyway, um. And so I, I'm always a little afraid when I'm going to ask a question that's going to sound, it's going to really show my lack of. So I, sometimes I bounce them off Jackie first. And I, I said, did you listen to that song? She's like, yeah. I go, what's that song about? Uh-huh. <laughs> that, uh-huh. Okay. Okay. I mean, that, that, that's not a dumb question, is not it? Not at all. Not at all. Because, because you are a contradiction. Absolutely. Okay. And, you know, that's half of my songs are done tongue-in-cheek and and made to look one way but again it's the lesson of looking deeper and what does it mean to you so it is it's it really can mean anything whatever it means to you however for me um of course it was written tongue-in-cheek using the imagery of of the chapel in the church and the, the the revival type stuff which is a big part of what i do um and and talking about love and sex and all that but honestly it's about music for me Okay. Oh, I know. I know. Right. Um, When I was writing it, it's it's really um, huge parts of it are a metaphor for the the lure and the power that music has claimed over me. That makes Mm. sense. And now Junebug was um, just sharing a little bit about um, how the song came about that you guys take different angles. So tell us what you were saying. Hold on. He's not on the mic yet. He's not. It's all right. We'll get them up there. Well, and it's such a different, while you're working on it, it's such a different. No. Well, maybe that's your mic's not on. Do you want to move over, Mike? I don't know. You can sit close. I'll share this one for Lisa. There we go. Oh, there you go. Oh, how you doing, guys? That's so cute. Go on, baby. Right, Just don't get on your Testify. knees. What? They're, they're gonna they're gonna write another knees. song. That's right a whole now. other show. <laughs> yeah, a whole other show. Yeah. I love it. Anyway, uh, what what exactly was the question? Well, that, <laughs> Sorry, that song was so the, the different. It was so different, right? Than, which a lot of your songs are. So talk about that. Yeah. Okay. So for that song specifically, what we are trying to do is kind of blend, kind of like gospely undertones yeah. and outlaw country. So, like, we will specifically, you know, take idioms from different styles of music 
to kind of blend them together. So the, again, we don't we don't want to just be a one trick pony, and and right. and we're influenced by different things at different times for different reasons. So one of our songs, we um, we actually did an arrangement of a Chris Isaac song, uh, and Chris Isaac kind of walks that line towards rockabilly and stuff like that. He's really known to be related to that stuff. But when we did it, we completely deconstructed it and started over. And it ended up being like a country swing song. And we had uh, a guitarist come in for the recording, Brett Lucas, who did an amazing job on the album. And it, it really took on its, a, a whole different life of its own. And it's not really quite like anything else we do on that album or any other album, but it it, it still fits within what yeah. we do under our so umbrella. So this song was right. the same idea. Is what you're okay. saying. You know, this song was the same idea of bringing different influences in. Yeah. It was like birthing a nation on that particular song. Well, and you have three albums. Yeah. When's the next yeah. one? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Good question. I, I'm still recovering <laughs> yeah. from, from the last one. Um, I'm already formulating songs and, and writing songs. So hopefully um, very soon. It very takes, soon. But it takes a while, right? I mean, it might it be another year or not that long. Probably. Probably, Probably. by the time it's actually out. Okay. You know, to do it right. So, right. what else is next? What, what lots of live performances coming up? Okay. which we're so excited about. Oh my gosh! Um, one show in particular that we have coming up um, is with Louis Prima Jr. Louis Prima Jr. and the Witnesses. Yeah, yeah and we're going to be opening up for them. Louis Prima, the Louis Prima, the the you know. He was the guy who wrote the song Sing, Sing, Sing. He wrote okay. Jump, Jive, and Whale. He, mm, okay. he is, he, you probably know awesome. more about him than you would ever realize. Yeah. Yes. He's one of those kinds of guys. And um, he played King Louie in The Jungle Book. Oh, and in oh. fact, King Louie was based on his stage persona. I mean, that, that was him. Wow. And, and you're opening real, for them? Well, we're opening for Louis Prima Jr. and The Witnesses. Who, okay. And Louis Prima Jr., um, he didn't immediately start with doing the same stuff, but he... He's kind of taken on the mantle and then that kind of show and is keeping it alive and bringing the the Prima brand into the 21st century. It's and stuff. astoundingly. It's an astounding show. He is incredible. The band is amazing. Where yeah. is the show and when? Well, that one's going to be in Cleveland. That's going to be in, oh, Cleveland, be in Cleveland at a place called The Music Box. Okay. Which is a great. It's like a dinner club, so it's only seats like three hundred people, I think. So wow. it's going to be yeah. uh, so you seating. you fanatics out there. Party bus sounds like fun. Yes, you know? yes. We we've, we've done like a, a lot of shows. For us. Yeah, a lot of a lot of shows in Chicago. We've just done yeah. it. Our next in town show is at Omeras. Omeras, yeah, July eighth. July eighth in 8th. Berkeley. Okay, great. Now, how many shows? You know, you put so much into these. Yeah. How many can you do in a row? I mean, like. Night after night. Um, I definitely, you know, have to carefully schedule it out and really, really give a lot of thought to the set list, how long the set is. Um, but what we're really good at is we, we book shows. Um, we don't oversaturate one market. We're very, very picky and, and we schedule you know, maybe four shows a year in uh, around here, and the rest are all out of state or overseas. We went to Europe last year on tour. Um, so... You know, they're, they're, that is definitely a part of the planning process. Wow. But, you know, I, I train for it. So, you know, I could do a couple nights in a row and then I, you know, need some you vocal need a rest. Because the, yeah. the type of uh, singing that I do is extremely intense and lots right. of belting. And, and you right. do like a two hour show. Right? Um, no, we, we bring it down to about an hour and a half, okay. but it is. Well, there are intense. no breaks. There are no breaks. Yeah. And it's, it's, we don't do your normal, we never play like a normal 
we're not a bar band. We, right. we don't do no. that type of performance. It's a concert. Right. So we're booked at music halls and festivals and 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 places that are designated for entertainment right. versus you know, if you go to a pub or something, right. you'll get music all night. We're, right. we're not like that. It's an event. People come from miles away to, right. to we, get saved. Right. <laughs> wow. Like, we, we we don't want to be filler. Do you know what I mean? Right. So, like, sometimes, mm-hmm. right. like, venues will hire a band to just be the background music for an entire night. Right. And, and they don't want too much original music because people don't recognize it. That's not what we're doing at all. Right. We're giving concerts. So even when we play smaller venues... Yeah. It's a full tilt concert. It's a concert, so it's right. always that's a concert what we're known experience. for, right? So, right. so that's that's the brand that we put out from day wow. one, and, and it works. And we've got some really exciting stuff coming up too, because if, well, God willing, the creek don't rise. Uh, <laughs> sorry, did I say that out loud? <laughs> As, uh, if all is said and done correctly, uh, we're hope, we're going to have a big Christmas show uh, coming up with like full big band. And some very, very special guest artists mm-hmm. are going to be performing with us. I don't know if I can no, say anything that, yet. Yeah. Well, can Probably. you tell us where, though? Will it be in Detroit? Yes. yes. Oh, we'll be oh. in Detroit. At least Detroit. We're hoping, okay. that, we're hoping that we can do a few other places outside of town, too. Okay. Maybe even like a little mini tour. Okay. But it's going to be like a full big band swing Christmas oh, show. Oh, how cool. Do you have a date or no? We don't have a date yet. No? So no. stay tuned? Stay tuned. Stay yeah, tuned. We're, we're we'll talking, let you know. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're figuring okay. that out right now. I mean, okay. it's not even June yet, but but this yeah. is the time that we have to figure out all this, those dates and this stuff. This is where you guys, um, I, I forget in a way that we're talking to artists here because you you guys sound more like entrepreneurs. You must be <laughs> if you want to do this exactly. as exactly. You're a right. We're very very <laughs> very. Yeah. This is a business, right? Yeah, Make no mistake. <laughs> yeah. There's a difference wow. between being a starving artist and and being you know uh, a practical artist who yeah. who can actually sustain it. And that's how you sustain it is you have to know the business too. Right. Especially when you have a child and and frankly you know I'm just. I'm too old to be a starving artist anymore. It doesn't that that allure passed many many moons ago. Yeah. I think we go through our phases, you know, right. as an artist with it. But um, no, I, I'm a firm believer. A lot of people don't treat it like a business. I right. think because they don't realize that they can right. make a living at it. Right, but. It is. It's a business, so you got to treat it as good. Such. Good. For Find you. out what you love to Jeez. do and get and somebody to pay, to pay you for doing it. it. Right. That's exactly. my motto. There you go. Yeah. Um, I know your daughter. That. Yeah, Sophia. Does she sing? She does <laughs> all the time. Oh, she's the showboat of the family. Let's be clear. Oh, she Let's must clear. love. Does she go to the shows? Do you? No, no, most of the time it's it's. I mean, not, she's young. Two, uh, yeah, she's two or she's three. six. No, oh, she's, she's six. six. Oh, she's okay. six now. I know. Oh, she turns seven in July. In, wow, in my really? head, she's two. Um, <laughs> yeah. But she is. She's fabulous. And um, as all of our followers know, she is autistic. She's on the autism mm-hmm. autism spectrum, and. Um, Music has really helped. She was nonverbal at one point when autism showed up. And um, so it was a real treat. Not too long ago, we did a show and she came and sang um, a song and there was not a dry eye in the house because people have followed her story since she was born. Grown men crying, people bringing her gifts. And that, that was it. She's just... She, so the, she's the headliner. I'm Wait, telling you. Oh, yes. Please. Who, who was it? Was it Bob Hope or Don Rickles or someone like that? He said, never perform with animals or, or uh, small children. children. Yeah, they'll... Yeah. That's she's amazing. She's a cutie. I mean, she'll I've, get I've so angry when Facebook. we we send her to her grandmother's when we have rehearsal because it's a little loud with her sensitivities. Yeah, 
hit or miss sometimes. But uh, so we can't tell her when we have rehearsal sometimes. So the, a couple of weeks ago, she comes home. We were careful to set everything back up, like, it, you know, wow. make it look like we didn't have a rehearsal. She comes in, she's looking around. She's like, it smells like music. Oh, <laughs> I kid Hand you not. to God. That's exactly what she doesn't that Doesn't that remind you of you, though, when yes. you were little? Oh, yes. That same it does. intuition, that it same. It does. Uh, and wow. But it's not just a sound. It's everything. Oh, no. It's every fiber of your being. Anyone else would have walked in, no clue that we had a rehearsal. Right. She just stops and it's like she's tuning into something else. And she'll want wow. that microphone on and just sit and make up songs and sing and sing. And for somebody on the spectrum, I mean, that's gold as a parent right. of a child on the spectrum who was right. once nonverbal to right. hear them expressing themselves and doing it through music. And sometimes right. she'll just sit there and she'll like just kind of like be entertaining herself playing and she will sing like for a couple hours, just making up stuff off the top of her head, wow. talking about whatever she's playing. But she's like just sings her way through the whole thing. And then you'll hear her from her bedroom singing Folsom Prison. Oh, yeah. And you just start laughing because it's like you're six and you're singing in Folsom Prison. Johnny Cash songs. I'm like, well, well who Apple knows? didn't fall that far from the tree. Right. Exactly. Didn't your mom used to say to you, aren't you tired of singing? Oh, yes. And then, you know, I beat them down. Uh, thank goodness my uncle and, and aunts and uncles were all singers. Right. And he said, thank God. Otherwise, my poor parents. I. <laughs> I would have been living in the shed, no, no doubt. Wow. Okay, so well, how can people follow you? Tell us all the sites. You have uh, a great website, by the way. Yeah, RioInTheRockabillyRevival.com. We're on Facebook, of course. Okay. Um, Twitter, all the usual yeah, suspects. Yeah, we got Twitter. We have, uh, so on like YouTube and Twitter and Instagram, on all of those, you can just look us up under the name Rockabilly Rio. Okay. Um, Rockabilly Rio. Rockabilly Rio. So Other, that should be pretty easy. Otherwise, just look up our name, Rio. That's yeah. me and the Rockabilly Revival. Revival. It's that okay. easy. And um, and how can they get your music? iTunes, CD, iTunes, okay. uh, CD Baby, literally everywhere. Amazon, everywhere. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you have merch? Oh, oh yes. yeah. yeah. Oh, you do. They can okay. get uh, um, all their their merch fix on our on our website Rio and the Rockabilly Revival. Okay. And, and I know you post all your shows. Yeah. So, of course. Um, yeah. You keep all that going. So Definitely. if people want to, um, you know follow you and and like yeah. the do, when do you think you'll post the december show uh it's very well, very soon it as has soon to be as all the details down. are confirmed yeah. there, there's there's a lot that goes into a show like that so i wouldn't be surprised if we don't announce the dates until september maybe even early october oh, okay so it'll be that but, but i mean yeah. there's a lot that's yeah. going into that so right. you know one last thing i just want to say um for people who haven't seen our show we pride ourselves on everybody's welcome. Rockabilly kind of gets this weird rap about it being a clique and a club. That's not so with our shows. We were known specifically, and Brett Callwood from Metro Times really pointed that out, yeah. that um, everyone is welcome, all ages, yeah. all walks of life. This is, it's our gift to you. Okay. And if there is a show that you want to go, I would suggest that you get tickets ahead of time. Definitely. Yes. ASAP, because I made a huge mistake. Um, I didn't think I needed tickets, uh, and it was a show that you had, and um, it was an hour away from where we lived, and I, oh my, I had yeah. plans with my husband. We were going to go, and he, he looked at the email. He said, no, you're supposed to buy tickets, so we tried to buy them, and it was sold out. I called the venue. I yeah. said, it's sold out? I have an email, though. I don't think I have to have tickets. He said, no, it's sold out. You think you're like, someone special, don't no, you? No, I didn't, no. but I, I, I think I know the it. show you were talking about, and you were to have uh, tickets. I had left yes, tickets, see, but it was over that. capacity. 
um, at that yeah. point, and they were the venue was freaking out. Just I was we so draw so many people bombed because we were planning on going. And thank God, my husband. I said, "Look, you look at the email," and he said, yeah. "You need tickets." No, I, you I are had, special, by the way. Yeah. I, mean, I had left. I had left tickets. Oh, I know. Well, um, it was it, the fire marshal was like, "Nope." Yeah, it was sold out. Oh. So, um, a lesson that I learned. Make sure if you want to go to a show that you get tickets. You cannot yeah. just go walk in. It will be yeah. sold out. And yeah. it'll be sold out quick. So yeah. thank you guys so thank much. You. Thank you so much. Um, God, this was great. We're what gonna, a pleasure. Thank I, you so much for I having me. I can't wait to go see you. I'm, this time I'm going to do it right and get the tickets ahead of time. <laughs> well, make sure you get <laughs> in this time. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, so Good luck with everything, thank and you. thank you again for spending a little over an hour with <laughs> us and uh, sharing your story. Um, real quick, next week we have um, two hours that we're going to do. They're live shows, and at eleven o'clock we have the co- or the founders of Dime Detroit Institute of Music Education, and also um, they are the founders of Original Twelve Sixty Five, the label. So we're going to talk to them at eleven o'clock. Next week, um, and then at 12 o'clock, we have an author, Charles Francis, who is going to be talking about growing up as a foster child and also his decision about being a foster parent and what that's all about. Um, sip on this. Sip on this. Well, I'm the only one sipping today. Yeah, Jessica sure didn't are. even join me. But I'm on I, my vodka water kick. <laughs> we, we walk through the aisles of a, of a store looking for something, or we come up with a drink for our guest. And um, so I was walking through, and fabulous. I, well, and I know that you used to sing to a dog named Rebel, yes. correct? Yes. And then you had a song. What's what's the name of it? Well, our album was called Midnight, a Midnight right. Rebel Midnight. Sessions from when I was singing out my window to Rebel. Yeah. Well, so I'm walking through the stores, and I <laughs> saw this beer. Called Rebel. Oh, so, nice. <laughs> so in honor of you and, you know, your little That's rebellious. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> in a good way, Ooh. your rebellious nature. I mean that as a compliment. We I should think all it is be such. a little good. rebellious, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, here's right. to re- a lot. Here's, here's to rebellion. Clink, 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 Cheers. Yes. Um, so and, thank you. Love yeah. the show. And yeah, I'm looking forward to spending a couple hours with you next week, Jack. Oh, yeah, I bet you are, Because I know you missed me That's because you're taking all of July off. But uh, <laughs> are we going to do fortune cookies? We are kind of out of time, and we do want to close the show with uh, Testify. And, yes, why don't so, we do, um, we'll do the fortune cookies off air. Off How about air, that? while we're listening to the song. While we're listening to the song, okay. and we'll let you know what our fortune is. And this was the uh, award-winning um, recording for Detroit Music Awards this year. So Yes. So Testify. We- Testify. And happy hump day. Happy hump days. And remember, sometimes your only available transportation is the leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith. All right. Have a great week. Thanks, Jack. All right. See Thanks, you next Jessica. Week. Thank, Thank you, you, Jessica. <laughs> Just a f-
down. Preach from the pulpit of rock and roll. Gonna burn that old tree down. Set free to my heart as black as coal. Gonna burn that old tree down. Preach from the pulpit of rock and roll. Do you believe, 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 believe? previously recorded episode.